1: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big money now on new siding from LP Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of
0: pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from
1: LP Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards.
0: Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now.
1: TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demacos, Jamie Eisner and Jake Arians.
2: Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demacos, Jake Arians is back. It's a good it's a good it's a good welcome to be back episode of the podcast. He was on against the spread, but this is the first podcast episode back. And Jamie Eisner and uh, what a way to enter the chat, Jake. What a way to just Ooh. come on back. Coming off a big old victory against the New Orleans Saints, so just take a minute to breathe it all in, man. You got to be Did feeling pretty good. Did I hear you say good. something
3: about eating a W, Paige? I just ate a big old fat ass steak, and it was made out of a W. Absolutely. I mean, is, I'm riding on pure adrenaline right now. This is phenomenal.
2: Let me just say, this is the. Uh, you know, if you were watching a movie, this would be the part of the of the movie where they would warn you ahead of time about the things that are going to potentially be said or done in the movie, right? They give you a little warning, right? They give you the PG thirteen rating. You're watching this Sons one... of
3: Anarchy on FX.
2: Yep, this, this is... show
3: has sexual violence, explicit language. Watch at your own risk. This is that show. Yeah, this, this episode has the nice
0: little e by it, probably when we put it gets up <laughs> uh, uploaded to your uh, favorite podcast listening platform. Cause Jake yeah, just, is on one in the best way possible.
2: Yeah. In the best way possible. And I am uh, right behind him fueling all of the fire. So let's, let's not start off with that. We'll start off with the Saturday games. We are going to be recapping all of the playoff games that happened. Plenty to talk about lots of excitement. We obviously look ahead and know what we're getting next week. We've got the young guns, right? We've got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and we've got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Hell, I'm really happy we played a 2020 NFL season, man, because this is about as good as it could possibly get when you dream up storylines. So I'm very excited for those matchups. But let's look at that first game, right, that first L.A. Green Bay game and just kind of talk about what you saw. Obviously, Cooper Cup being a last-minute um, you know, scratch from that game was a disappointment, and, and just knowing that Aaron Donald was – a guy who's never missed a game, like, very clearly was not 100%. Um, So, it, it, you know, it felt at times, obviously, they were in the game, but towards the end, obviously, fourth quarter, Aaron Rodgers takes over, and they were just too much to handle. So, Jake, what would you take away from from that game?
3: A couple things. Jared Goff was impressive. I thought, in that cold, wearing gloves with pins in his finger, I thought he played a really solid game. I liked their game plan overall. They're just not as good. Look, this Green Bay offensive line – was spectacular they did everything they needed Aaron Rodgers after the game playing on that crappy old grass long grass it's always kind of damp didn't have a stain anywhere he wasn't touched they ran it down their throat with all three guys Devontae Adams owned whoever was across from him including Jalen Ramsey their game plan was spectacular Uh, they had they're hot and they've been playing really really good and look this Rams team you got to give them credit they limped in they gave it everything they had. I, I like the game plans on both sides of the ball, but the number one defense got their asses kicked by the number one offense. Period. Yeah.
2: You just, you, I don't think you can, I know number one defense, right. In statistically speaking. Right. And, and they've been spectacular, but in today's
3: world, I don't know that that even matters anymore, but that's, that's that's what what they were. Right.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the eyeball test would tell you something differently. Right. I think especially when you looked at the strength of schedule and the offenses that they had actually played against and some of that, you factor all that into where we got and where they were now, Aaron Donald, obviously not being a hundred percent was, do you think the biggest factor when you're watching defensively? And then Jamie, I was like, I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, we picked against the spread and then Cooper cup goes out and I'm going, Oh no. Like I wasn't, was not anticipating that going in. What did you take away? What are, what are the big things here for, I, I guess on the green Bay side or give some uh, Rams fans, some hope as they enter into the off season?
0: Well, there's a little bit of both, and so on the Rams side, the hope is it looks like you found yourself a damn good running back. They leaned on Cam Akers heavily in this game, and they leaned on him heavily down the stretch, and he had that like one-week blip where he hurt his ankle and he couldn't play a week and then came back early and had a lot of success to end the season. They look like they have somebody they can lean on, and that is a key component to the Sean McVay offense, and that offense has been... Okay, but out of sync a little bit since the Todd Gurley slash C.J. Anderson era of that playoff run where they had to kind of replace Gurley with Anderson. They need that back they can lean on. And at times it's been Dale Henderson in spurts, but it hasn't been consistently week after week after week. We now have almost two full months of rookie camp makers being leaned on as the guy and having success against pretty much everybody. So that, that was what I would be really encouraged by going forward if you're the Rams, if you found that piece. I still think as well as gutsy as he played, I still think the weakness of this team right now is the quarterback position and whether or not they can have consistently, consistency along the offensive line. But that's not something you're going to be able to fix next season period, but you have some bright spots. From the Packers, you just got to love the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. I mean, he is playing out of his mind. We, we talked about it on the show. You're not, nobody's taking Devontae Adams out of the game. I don't care no. who you are. You're not taking Adams out of the game. You can maybe get lucky and limit him, and they didn't really even do that. Uh, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football and is going to put up numbers on everybody, which really good here. The Packers were able just to, with Aaron Donald out, and this goes back to the fun social media conversation that took place at random parts in the middle of the season. But with Aaron Donald out, they ran it down their throats, and they knew they could. They came out and said, we can run the ball, and we're going to do it with all of our backs, and we're just going to beat you down and beat you down and beat you down. And they had a lot of success. That's really the only reason why this game was even remotely close, because it takes a little bit of time to run the ball effectively and keep doing it. The Rams weren't – they were in this game in score. They were not in this game in spirit. At I mean, no what were the first
3: three drives, Jamie? Like 12, 11, yeah. 10 plays just boom, boom, boom all the way down the field. It was just – it was so Makes impressive. That offensive line played so good.
1: Alan
0: Lazard had a big, had a couple of big plays in this game as well, and you know to atone for some of his mistakes the last couple of weeks. I mean, they, this, this Packers team with that offense can compete with anybody. And when their defense has a lot of talent, it doesn't always manifest itself into production on a weekly basis. But if you just look at the names on the depth chart on that side of the ball, they have talent, when they are clicking, they can be difference makers. Uh, you know, the Packers were my pick to come out of the NFC. They're still going to be my pick, even though I, I'm really looking forward to two of the hottest teams in the NFL facing off against each other. Uh, I, that is going to be, I mean, both these games are must-see TV for different reasons, but I don't know if you could have, you, you I'm just i say you couldn't have a better final four than what we have, but incredibly impressed by the Packers and can't wait to see what their performance is like next week against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: There's, there's going to be, you know, for all Rams fans, this is our, our cheap plug where I tell you to go over to the DraftNetwork.com and jump inside the mock draft machine. It's now that time of the year for you. So you can go in and dial in to figure out what's going on at the draft. You can join Cabo. Okay. That's where every, all the NFL teams are making jokes about being in Cabo. So go ahead. you you can meet everybody, the Titans and the Ray, all those guys they are all meeting down there. So go ahead. That's what you're going to be. Saints already got the their charter They're on the way. Yeah. I heard, I heard Drew's got a, a one-way ticket there. Um, Yes, James, go ahead. No, just,
0: no but speaking of this, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because I'm all for the Cabo stuff when you're winning. Yeah. Like Jake and the totally Bucks agree. can say it. Call Dave can say it. 100%. Jamal Adams, you lost to this team. You I don't agree. get to shit talk on social
3: media. Yeah, I'm neither sorry. do you, Chase Claypool. Shut the hell up. Yeah, you guys he, lost. You're a today, dumbass I mean, you, rule from looking like an absolute fool because the Browns could have won that game today. They're going to get yeah. bounced next week. They kicked your ass. You don't get yeah, to talk I, shit about the team that kicked your ass and who correct. they play the next week.
0: Yeah, sorry. You lose that right when you got your asses kicked. Ramp I over. love
2: that you I love that you guys brought this up because this was gonna be my final thoughts, but I'm glad you tapped into it because Will, I love you, bro. I love Will's my boy, man. Will Compton, that's my dog. But you guys are like salty little babies over here celebrating these guys with you already been in Cabo, bro. Like that's where you were. Your tan you were there is a deep. week early. Like you, you're exactly right. You got tapped out the early, like wild card weekend. So I get it. You want to celebrate the Ravens going out. And listen, from a fan perspective, I love this. Okay. Rivalries, things that go, anything that you can do to make that happen. The players going chirping back and forth on social. Let me be very clear. I am all for this. I want more of it to happen. It's fantastic for the league. Having players chirping at each other and whatever on social just builds up that passion for the fan bases so i love all that but i gotta i gotta watch out for my boy man because i gotta have him have him looking good and he can't be doing that so i've already told him i said well listen i appreciate the hell out of the crying jordan meme because it was right on point yeah it was ready to rock the second that it ended and i was like the timing is impeccable and i love it but the cabo stuff specifically i'm like bro you guys are all you're you're Cabo, you've been there for a week already. Like, let's you chill. you should be out doing
3: Hawaiian them. traffic commercials at this point. You've been there long enough.
2: Yeah. And like Jamal, like all these guys, I'm like, I want to be like, dude, like, did you see how the Seahawks season ended? You guys were the favorite. Like, come on. Like, you get you gotta chill a little bit with Jamal all the talk. Jamal, especially, dude, you just
3: spent five years trying to get out of New York or whatever it was, and you spent half a season in Seattle and you bounced in the first round. Shut up, man. Come it's, on. At uh,
2: home. Act like at you've home. been there. I I would say that, but he hasn't. He's never been. been. That's exactly right. So he doesn't, he doesn't know how to act like he's been there. All right. Let's talk about this game since we were kind of alluding to the uh, conversation that was happening um, around these two teams uh, post game, really more. So Buffalo bills, 17 Ravens, three shout out bills, mafia. So happy for you. So happy for the city of Buffalo. So happy for Josh Allen. Uh, There are individuals that I root for out of pettiness. This is one of them. I absolutely love that josh allen is just sticking the middle finger to everybody who said he was going to be a bust coming out of coming out of the draft right and there's a lot of you and you're still trying to fight it and the man is playing in an afc championship game let it go no No, it's over it's a wrap it's it's done vince carter you in the category with freaking
3: claypool and adams and do Will, stop. act looking like a fool, if you want to fight yeah, it at this point.
2: You, that's exactly right. But I want to go to, obviously, we can do our takeaways from Buffalo's side, but let's hit the Ravens first. I think, obviously, you know, Lamar goes down at, in this game towards the end, and that's obviously a disappointment. But I didn't think that that team was going to come back and beat Buffalo anyways. Um, so I, I understand the, you know, the what-if scenario, not really in this in this case. But what are you going to take away from Lamar, right? Because we we were excited. He got that playoff victory, right? He got that off his back, but then they come back with this performance against Buffalo and it just looks like you have, you know, Pat Mahomes and you have Josh Allen, but it's a step down where Lamar is, right? At least from my perspective, like I don't think he's in that class yet. and, And that's my big takeaway from this. Go ahead, Jake.
3: No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Look, the Titans defense sucks. But it was a lot of flash on, like, two or three runs. A really bad pick we talked about on the show the other day. He didn't play that great against the Titans' defense, which is really bad. Leslie Frazier had an unbelievable game plan. Like, this Bills' defense, to me, the key of the game was, can they stop the run? Not only did the smaller, faster defense stop the run, they killed it minus the first drive. They held them to a field goal attempt, which they missed. They were unbelievable in defense. Lamar has to get better. But it's not just him. You can't put all this on him. That offense is not very good. They don't have a lot of playmakers. Boykin's like their best player. Marquise Mm -hmm. Brown's coming around doing some stuff, but they got to add some help to this. This offensive line is not what it was. And this defense, when you flip the script on that, yeah, they were the number two scoring defense. But this kind of we're talking about the Rams. Like, they weren't that good all year. I talked about it all year. They have no edge pass rushers, so they have to blitz a ton. Who's number one in the NFL against the blitz? Josh Allen. Mm Mm-hmm. He ate you alive. Look, Brant Dable's game plan was unbelievable. Nineteen passes and one run, which you would normally get killed for in the first twenty. That's what they had to do to win, and it was mm-hmm. unbelievable. I love their game plan, but from a Buffalo or the, the Baltimore side of things, they've got issues, guys. Mm-hmm. That, that that phenomenal organization is going to—they're going to be good again next year. They're always going to be good when they got Lamar, but they got to get in pieces. And they got that defense as good as that secondary is. They're weak at linebacker. They have zero pass rushers. Glass Campbell's old. That defensive line, that, that defense is not what it was when they had edge pass rushers. Haven't been all year. They have to. They, they got to blitz too much. And if you're going to play a quarterback they can, they can handle that, like they did, Lamar getting hurt in this game had zero to zero effect on anything, them coming back or anything else. They were not coming back in this game.
2: For sure. And I think the, you know, the thing for Baltimore fans specifically, as we kind of wrap, put a bow on their season is, you know, traditionally they are so good in the draft, right? So when you look at this, this is a scenario where they can add pieces and they can get better. And one thing I'm looking for, Jamie, is, I look at, you know, them going to Mark Andrews and I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody, I think it was somebody from the ringer was saying, you know, you throw to Mark Andrews thinking he's Travis Kelsey, but he's not right. And they're like putting it like they, they want him to be that person. And he very much is not. And to Jake's point, they just don't, they do not have. A lot of pieces, right? He does not have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey like Patrick Mahomes does. He does not have Stephon Diggs like Josh Allen. There's no, you can't look at Josh Allen's progression this year and not point to the fact that they added arguably the second or third best wide receiver in the NFL to that offense this year, right? So I think I'm hopeful in this offseason that one of the things they're going to prioritize, Jamie, is is a wide receiver. Go ahead, Jamie.
0: Okay. Yeah. To me, it's just, I look at this Baltimore team, and the biggest thing, and we said it last year, but it wasn't as bad. It was more glaring this year. They're just incomplete. They're well coached. They've got superstars in key areas. They have a lot of good players, but they're an incomplete team. And they're a team that doesn't really, despite what their overall raw numbers say, don't dominate the trenches like this offensive line in the back half of the year was a, is, was a liability. And mm-hmm. Marshall Yonder's retirement, as Jake pointed out way, many, many months ago was a huge factor for this team. Them deciding to move on from Hayden Hurst and the changing the way they run their offensive personnel was a huge factor for this team. Their inability to bring in another pass catcher that could help Lamar Jackson do anything in the middle, the short to intermediate areas of the field was a problem yet again. Getting a red zone threat that wasn't Mark Andrews is not on the team. They don't have a, a trustworthy pass rush. And, and in the NFL, the, you can give up a lot of yards now. But in the NFL, you ha- this version of the NFL, you have to get pressure without blitzing. If you can't do that, you're going to have a hell of a time trying to win a Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. And you got to be able to get pressure with those guys. And they haven't been able to do all of that. They, they, they lead the league in rushing, but because they rush so damn much. like it, It's one of those ones where, yes, they're good at it, but they also do it way more than everybody else. So looking at some of these raw numbers can kind of skew things. They're an incomplete team right now on both sides of the ball, and they're an extremely incomplete team on offense. Lamar Jackson's still an incomplete quarterback, but if he had some of these other pieces around him, he's got the just outstanding talent to rise you know, to raise the tide of all these players. They just don't have those pieces right now when they add them or if they add them. I mean, we thought that we were gonna do this last year. They really didn't. Like, I love the J.K. Dobbins addition. And he looks like he's going to be a good one for them, but J.K. Dobbins didn't help them. I mean, I guess he had a good stretch, stretch run. So maybe it sounds weird, but J.K. Dobbins didn't help Lamar Jackson's progression. No. And it's and, a
1: good way to put it. Point,
0: You've got to, and I understand that he was a second-round pick. He wasn't one of these first-round picks like these receivers in hindsight. twenty-twenty, but they need to add people that can help Lamar Jackson to give him some more options. Like we still, mm-hmm. he's just—that's the biggest thing. I look at this Baltimore team. Like you have talent, you have a lot of pieces, you can do things really well, and you're extremely well coached. And that's and that gets you that gets you such a high floor that they're going to be in this conversation every single year. But if they're going to best. Patrick Holmes in Kansas City, which is still the ultimate goal. Whether or not Kansas City wins the Super Bowl and repeats this year or not, the goal for the next five to ten years is in the AFC is who is going to beat Kansas City. And that has been Baltimore's big bugaboo these last couple Jamie, of years. They I'm, I'm glad it. you
3: brought up the raw numbers part because that was going to be my final thought on the Lamar Jackson thing. Lamar Jackson can throw, but until they get him a Debo Samuel and a Brandon iU can you mm-hmm. imagine him playing with right after the catch guys like that? The problem yeah. with Lamar's game is – I don't give a shit what your completion percentage is. I want to see what the ball looks like and where that completion is. If you're throwing an eight-yard, third and six, and you throw an eight-yard comeback or a little curl, and he has to dive and catch it, that's not, I don't care that that's on your completion percentage. Now, can you throw a little six-yard in, and he catches it, and he runs for 40 because you threw a perfect spiral in the perfect place? That's the next step of Lamar's game, but they got to get him players like that, or it doesn't really matter. He throws too many ugly balls, and this is where you go back to the evaluation that we're about to get into in the spring. Throwing motion matters how it looks coming out of your hand matters when you're evaluating a guy on tape and there's no wind and it's 80 degrees or you're in a dome and he's throwing ducks. I don't care that it's semi-accurate. That doesn't translate very well. Lamar's got to throw a prettier ball an easier catchable ball, a more run after the catch susceptible ball, but not all of it's on him. They got to get him some players like that. And that offense, he's your guy. I'd love to see them get Debo Samuel Brandon, I, you thicker run after the catch type players. That would be a phenomenal addition. And I, the way we just talked about that, Jamie, you almost feel like they overachieved because they are so well run and so well coached. I, I wasn't really a believer all year. And then they were one of the hottest teams in the league going into Buffalo the other night, but that's almost because they, they are so well coached. They finally got a little healthy and they I almost feel like they overachieved because they're, they're they They had some serious problems.
0: They get the absolute most out of every player they put well on the said. field. I mean yeah. that that is how it is. I mean, I mean, I, I like some of these guys, but do we really believe Gus Edwards is a top twenty running back in the NFL? He's a good complimentary piece. I like a lot of things that he does, but you put him on um, most other teams as your lead, quote unquote, lead back.
3: No, he's a, a short yardage guy for thirty one yeah. teams.
0: But the way they use him, the way they've mixed in J.K. Dobbins, like I mean, they just they get the most out of their guys and they were aggressive. You know, they were aggressive in, you know, being able to pick up Calais Campbell off the scrap heap, you know, being able to get Yannick Ngakwe. Like, I mean, they, they were aggressive in what they did. They were aggressive in the Marcus Peters trade a couple of years ago. They, they do. They're such a well-run organization and they have enough talented pieces that they're always going to be in this contention. But you also look at this team and go, if they don't win a Super Bowl with some of these guys, it's going to feel like a disappointment. And they're never they're, – as long as Patrick Mahomes can stand upright, they are <laughs> never going to be the favorites in the AFC. Period, right. end of story. It doesn't mean they can't do anything. But right now, this team doesn't have the horsepower on a consistent basis to go into Kansas City and win. They have never done it with Lamar Jackson, and they're not going to until they have to give him a little bit more help and he continues his progression. Like, I know everything falls back on him, and we're not being unreasonable. We all love Lamar Jackson. And, by the way, him, after that loss, still being able to sign autographs for kids in the Buffalo Air kid, man. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Uh, it, it is just, to me.
3: With a diagnosed concussion. That's a great point, Jamie.
0: He is a man and a player I would love to lead my football team. Absolutely. But, totally agree. And so there's, we have nothing but great things. But, again, as we talk about the context and scale, we are grading Lamar Jackson on – superstar scale and and to be fair right now he can't touch mahomes and right now this season he can't touch josh allen doesn't mean he can't get there doesn't mean there aren't that it's all his fault but if we're grading him on are you one of the best players in the entire national football league there's still more to be desired there and there's still more for the ravens
2: to do to help him and it's not even it's not even just the national football league you're talking specifically his conference right? His division, his his age group, his, his, Hey, these are guys who are your direct peers, right? Mahomes and Josh Allen now uh, above him and winning the MVP, put him in a different light, right? Put him in a different pedestal. What I want to see with Baltimore is there's this very specific look. You can tell. When you see Lamar and he starts to he's he's having to put way too much pressure on himself to do it all for himself, right? He has to put everything on. And what he does when he defaults to that is he starts to run, right? Because that's what he that is what's natural for him. And they need to get him to a point where he has enough weapons that he can count on who come in for him clutch that the default mode for him is not, I'm gonna run because that's the best option for me. Because that worked against Tennessee but it didn't work against Buffalo. And and that's the next progression for him is, yes, he can throw, but he needs to be able to count on that in crucial moments, not his running. That that can't be the default mode. And he's still he's always going to be the most electric quarterback running the football by far, but he needs to be able to run. He needs to be able to throw. He the needs football. to do what
3: Josh Allen did, Paige, the last two years. Make a exactly. nice progression with how you throw the football. And yep. the, the, the Baltimore Ravens didn't do what the Buffalo Bills did. Give yeah, him a freaking Diggs. Diggs. Give him he's another exactly piece. Right. A well-rounded, run after the catch guy that can do it all so he can take that progression. He's damn capable of it. I fully he expect absolutely
2: that. Is. Absolutely is. They gotta help him is. and he's gotta help himself. Yeah, it's it's that's why I'm glad we brought it up because it's yes, it's Lamar, but it's also the Baltimore Ravens, because you saw the the perfect example is the progression you've seen from Josh and how much of that is Josh, of course, but also getting the right pieces to make sure that you can do that. All right, moving on to today's games, right? So the first game between the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, my least favorite thing that I saw on Twitter today was Johnny Manziel uh, trolling the Cleveland Browns. That was my least favorite thing that I have seen on Twitter today. Johnny, you haven't played football like ever, so you're going to get teed off on on final thoughts. So just be sure to stay uh, tuned for the end of this episode. Um, But I think as far as obviously Mahomes goes down, leaves this game looks really scary all as of right now you know his his fiance his like him even after the game everybody's saying he's good he's going to be fine you you assume you're going to get him in the next game but from a Cleveland side you know obviously that specific play that you point to is the touchback right because you obviously you get that and you score that touchdown there And I think there's, with or without Mahomes, I think that's a, this this becomes a different game. And I was really impressed with Baker, guys. That's my takeaway from this. There was a lot that I liked from Baker in this game. And I don't think Cleveland fans should leave this feeling totally defeated. Because I think there was a lot to like, even though you know, the Henny moment happens and everybody's riding Andy Reid. I get it. I understand it. I'm driving it too. It's exciting. But I think that, Jake, I guess you obviously know that that market well. I think you should, I think you should leave with a lot of positivity around, around that team.
3: Well, which we were just talking about the Baltimore Ravens, I said in their division because what the Cleveland Browns are building and Baker looked damn good in December and he's looked damn good in January. And that's important. The way they ran it. I love their head coach. They finally got it right. Stefanski in the third quarter went right back to the run. I love what they're building. They got And they have more draft capital, guys. They got more salary cap space. This is a young team with Baker still on a rookie deal who I think are going to get better and better. To me, the Baltimore Ravens got to fix their holes just to keep up with them. Pittsburgh, who the hell knows? I don't know if they're blowing that up or if they're going to try to run that back with the same thing. But they are third behind these other two that we're talking about. Oh, by the way, the Bengals don't suck. With, Joe, with Joey B coming back and the weapons that they have, but they're all looking up at Cleveland. You ought to be damn proud of what you put on the field. You had a stupid bullshit rule that still exists in the NFL with this touchback thing. It's always been there. It's always going to be there. I love the coaches. I love Stefanski's face through the mask where you could tell him going, we literally coach you not to do that for that freaking reason. It's a stupid rule, but it exists. It's not going anywhere. Don't do it. It's a free first and goal on the one foot line with Nick Chubb. You're scoring the touchdown, I, I love the effort, but you've got to be smarter than that in that play, or they win the game. Look, yeah. the other thing, prayers up for Patrick Mahomes. I hope that the kid's okay. It was ugly, mm-hmm. and then he takes off running in the locker room and damn near hits the wall because he sure shit shouldn't have been jogging somewhere. And you just hope he's okay. And for the NFL and for all of us, let's hope he's back next week because Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, as Jamie said, like this Final Four matchup is spectacular across the board. The Chiefs did enough to get it done. But I don't know that I feel that much better. It's exactly what Jamie and Jamie. I previewed this game yesterday. It's exactly what we said. The line is wrong. The Browns are capable of winning this game. It's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. The Browns did enough to win. It just didn't work out that way. But I, if you're a Browns fan, you got to be at an all-time high. I don't know that you've you ever built – this is sustainable, guys. That This running game is not going anywhere. Kareem Hunt's under contract. Chubb's under contract. By the way, Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back, unless you want to trade him and get more draft capital. You're going to add more pieces. This defense didn't have Olivier Vernon today on the other side of Miles Garrett. They play conservative, but they're really good. By the way, their two starting safeties weren't playing the whole year because they were freaking hurt, and Grand Delpit got hurt but preseason didn't play. Greedy Williams, of course, there should be a starting corner, didn't play because he got hurt. They're really freaking good, and it's going to be sustainable for a while, especially, like I said, with Kevin Stefanski at the helm. I I love this dude, man, unflappable, perfect kind of guy for Cleveland, perfect kind of guy for Baker. By the way, I wrote an article for draftnetwork.com on Alex Van Pelt, who was a gigantic piece, not just last week calling plays with Stefanski out, but just the way that he has coached up Baker, I've absolutely loved. I want to bring that back up and give him some more love. Former teammate of mine, just phenomenal guy, but he's just like Stefanski. He's the same, never too high, never too low, even keel across the board. As a guy that spent time there and loved the Browns fans, dude, you deserve it, and you ought to be at an all-time high for where your franchise is. Yes, you lost today to a damn good team, but I would not be feeling negative in any way if I'm a Browns fan.
2: No, you absolutely, sh- yeah, you should not be feeling negative at all about that team. I think you walk away feeling really positive. Um, and there's plenty to take away. I think my my big thing for us will be, especially fantasy wise, is evaluating these running backs in the offseason again and looking some of these moments and how and how they're you know some of the things we wished for started to happen. Um, Jamie on the on the Kansas City side, right? One of the things that I you know, I don't think I'm pointing out anything that nobody else noticed in this game. Mahomes at some point did something to whether it was his ankle or his toe, toe. Or, turf toe. Yeah, I tell you I, right I, now
3: what it was. You saw his foot spin out when the grass left. It was that freaking toe that I talk about all the time. So,
2: for sure. So I think you know the concussion stuff aside, right? I think obviously that is still a concern as you go into this game with Josh Allen because. I know that, you know, you're obviously excited, right? The Kansas city wins the game. And obviously that, you know, I love Andy Reid and big red and there's all, I mean, in, the Twitter was at its high point of, of energy and fun today. Like the most fun I've had on social media in a long time was today watching everybody lose their minds about Andy Reed. But I think Jamie, you have to walk away from this going. The chiefs kind of weren't exactly what I thought they were going to be today. I, they were not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination.
0: No, they weren't. And I think we, we nailed that in the TDN Against the Spread Show, and it was a big reason why my Super Bowl prediction pre-playoffs was Packers-Bills. And it's not because Kansas City's not great, but they haven't been this same Chiefs team. I know they were 14-2 and two this year. I get it. I, I've watched them too, but they it's been different. Like, I, I would say right now, like, let, let's not be a prisoner of the moment if you're listening out there. Let's talk strictly about just don't worry about records. Don't worry about what stats. Tell me right now which Kansas city team was better. The one that walked into January last year or the one that walked into January this year. I don't think it's freaking close. Like I really don't. I think that team from a year ago was significantly better, even though they have a lot of the same pieces. Uh, And that's, I'm not even, you know, that's with a fully healthy Mahomes. Like I I, this is a new wrinkle to this equation that we're going to be watching very closely all week. They're a very good team. They do a lot of things well, but they haven't played up to their talent level for the most part all season. Now I don't know why that is. I don't know if some of it is Super Bowl hangover, the weird season, the you know whatever it might be. But this is a team that, as I said on the TD against the Spread Show, has the talent and the coaching to beat any team in the NFL by 14 points on any given day under any circumstances on any stadium on planet Earth or anywhere in the Milky Galaxy. Like, but they haven't done that. They, they keep they let these teams hang around. They let the Raiders hang around. They let the Falcons hang around. They let the Chargers with a rookie quarterback in a surprise first start hang around. They've been doing this all year long. And now you got to be concerned because I think – I know they beat them the first time. It's one of the only three losses on the Bills' schedule this year was against Kansas City. But the Bills aren't going to be afraid of them. The Chiefs aren't in Buffalo's head like they are in Baltimore's head. Like I think that Buffalo team is going to take it to them and if Mahomes is only at 75%, they're not winning that football game. Now, we'll wait to see on that. But as we look at this team, and I want to give a shout-out to a guy that I know, just talking about veteran presence on teams, not flashy, does his job very well. Nobody pays attention until you need him. But Daryl Williams had a very good game here. And he is somebody that Andy Reid trusts a lot. And that is why he's been on the roster. That is why he got a lot of work over Le'Veon Bell. That's why he basically started this game and got a ton of work when everybody was expecting Bell to get worked in a bunch with Clyde Edwards-Alaire out. Andy Reid trusts his guys. And I want to say this now, and I want to get this, I want to get this like worming in people's minds in the fantasy community. Damian Williams is coming back next year. Just remember that as you want, wherever you want to take Clyde Edwards, a where do you want to talk yourself into taking him in the top 20? Just remember Damien Williams is coming back and Andy, we trust his veterans that have, have had proven success for him before. Just kind of keep that in mind. Now we're not thinking a lot of people aren't thinking fantasy right now, but get that thought in your mind. Cause that's going to get completely forgotten. And people are going to overdraft Edwards, a again, uh, but they really actually need him next week. They need all the pieces they can get back.
2: Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I'm glad you brought it up, James, because we always, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to set the tone for people with fantasy to to remember where you are right now. Remember how you feel about certain things and then take some of that in and, and factor everything in as you go into, you know, next year's draft for fantasy football. And for whatever reason, everybody always forgets that Andy retrusts his guys. It's like, it's it's not like this is new. Like he does this all the time. And for whatever reason, the fantasy community just likes to pretend like they don't remember that Andy Reid has been doing this for I don't know two decades as he's been coaching and then you just try and pretend like he hasn't you you want what you want to happen and you don't dial into what he's going to do uh it's a pretty popular thing in the fantasy community
0: that's why I always say it's not about what we want to happen it's about what's most likely to happen and two quick points here one of them on that same regard and one of them on the Browns uh the first one and again if you look at the matchup Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, another split, again, in the game we just talked about. So as we're looking for fantasy purposes with, I mean, Ingram's going to get cut, but Edwards is probably going to be back as an RFA. There's going to be some sort of a timeshare there. Just be aware of it. It's not saying J.K. Dobbins isn't great and that he's not going to be a really good fantasy player, but just be aware there's going to be a split. Uh, Before we get off this game, I do want to talk about the Browns really quickly here because there are a few exceptions, but I truly believe across the sports world, there is a stepping stone to success. Rarely, rarely do you see a team go from out of nowhere to winning whatever league championship they're in. There's a stepping stone for success. The Kansas City Chiefs have done it, and I think this is a stepping stone for the Browns as well. You rarely, like I said, go from perennial non-playoff team to winning a Super Bowl in one year. It just doesn't happen that way very often. A lot of times it takes making a playoff appearance or then winning a playoff game. Look at what Buffalo is doing. Like, look at the path Kansas City just followed. Look at the path Buffalo's following. Cleveland can follow that path as well. And I think that's what I would look back and be very encouraged that this team has a really, really good chance to win their division next year. I think that you've you've gotten this monkey off of your back. You might be playing a bunch of home games in front of the dog pound in the postseason in January in freaking Cleveland weather. All of a sudden, with a lot more playoff experience under your belt, and a lot more confidence. All of a sudden, that's a really good position. Now, you're in a tough conference because you're still going to get, gonna have to get by Mahomes at some point. But you're in a really good position to make some noise. So you should be extremely encouraged by this. This was a huge step forward this year. And you should take an equally big step forward next year, health
3: permitting. And they're built yeah. for that, right, Jamie? I mean, like they built this team for home games in January, in the cold, with a quarterback that can handle it, and a coach that's super chill, and the defense is going to add pieces. With that running game, by the way, I love Nick Chubb's attitude, and I love what Kareem Hunt, you've watched him grow up. They feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. And having both of those guys and the, the lack of egos in that room is just special, man. With that offensive line, by the way, Jedrick Wills went out on what, the first play of the game today?
0: Yeah. And yeah. they
3: filled it. Like They have been – that offensive line went from the worst in the league why I didn't like them last year to maybe one of the best. But it's like they're backups too. I mean, they got two of the best guards in football. Their tackles are phenomenal. J.C. Treader at center, but then they've got like two or three more guys that have all had to play that have played really, really well. By the way, they still have cap space. They have a new GM in Barry who's done a phenomenal job. I love what they're building, but that's a great point, Jamie. It's like, look what the Bills did. They got there. They got there. They got there. The quarterback got better. They added Stephon Diggs. They got a little aggressive. Now they're making a run. The Browns are damn capable of doing that.
2: They got there and they, and they have the right guy, right? Sean McDermott and company are the right coach, the right guy to be there. I think that's the, that's why you saw the, the blip in that plan last year, because they didn't get the right guy. And the reflection was on the field of what you saw from that coaching staff. And this year it's, you're running it back, but the attitude, right? The substance over swagger that we've talked about has been very much how that coaching staff acts, Right. If, if Kevin Stefanski is the definition of like, he's just like, he's not moving up or down. He is substance, right? Like, so Baker can be swag, right? Like that's, that's what you need. You need him to keep your guy grounded. And I know we talked about the positivity of Cleveland, but I was super impressed with Baker today. Like he was slinging the ball. It was coming out of his hand. He just, he looked really good man and that includes some of the times where some of his wide receivers weren't catching the ball like there there were there were some moments from other people right that mistake the obviously the touchback so I think you walk away going okay Baker's Baker's got some confidence going I like where
3: they're at a lot
2: yeah I like by the way we're
3: talking about head coach quarterback cohesiveness Mm -hmm. this is year one for these guys right no training camp with no no preseason the The team we're going to talk about next watch out for them with an offseason when that quarterback, head coach, play caller, that cohesiveness, you give an off season to build on what you did this year, which you saw get better and better. I, I just, I love where they're at.
2: It's almost like a lot of the stuff we said that's logical is right. It's amazing. Yeah. When you use your head and you're logical about how things, you know, sometimes take time when you're not. It wasn't just the-
3: clickbait bullshit Paige. We actually oh. just talked about rational stuff.
2: Oh, and we're getting right. We're getting, it's about to get spicy, Chris. So you might as well just get ready over there. The last and uh, obviously most exciting game for us to talk about is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking it to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, moving on, they will play Green Bay, in Green Bay, at Lambeau Field. Obviously, the storyline coming in, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, the History Channel, the old guys. Tom, you know, what's going to happen here? Tom Brady got his ass kicked by this team twice this year. And the last time really bad. Um, That's quite frankly, the saints have owned the bucks, right? And not just this year, this is, this is a long time where they have been big brother and deservedly. So they have done the celebrating they've deserved it. Um, But I said, and I told you guys, and I said this on the, on the loose cannons podcast, I said, listen, you can take all that regular season celebrating because The Saints have had early exits over the last three years. They have been favorites in games that they have lost for three straight seasons in the postseason. And that is a disappointment, right? So keep your regular season celebrating because if the Bucs win this game, that's all that matters. And that's all that matters. Because guess what? Nobody's going to remember the two regular season wins this year for the Saints. All anybody's going to remember is Tom Brady walking off the field, celebrating, and Drew Brees walking off the field, Lamenting and look and retiring. That's what people are going to remember. Right? So go ahead, Jake, take it away. This is your game tee off. There was plenty to take away, but my takeaway is, Devin White, I love you. I love watching you play football. You're so damn – you are – you're like a missile. That's what, like – watching him is like watching – he just – he takes off. He's so electric. And missing him last week against Washington was such a huge – you saw him show up in so many moments. And, I man, it was a joy to watch him play football today.
3: I'm going to keep it rational, Paige. Honestly, I I saw so many stupid, lazy-ass narratives on TV, whether it was ESPN or Fox or CBS, people talk about this game. And everybody wanted to talk about November 9th, and they asked what been the worst loss of Tom Brady's career. And they wanted to go back to week one. The Bucs beat themselves in week one. The Saints beat the shit out of them on November 9th. Like I said, the wheels were never on the bus. But what did you learn from that? Not a hell of a lot because this Bucks team was not going to be ready November 9th. They've been building this whole thing to make this run now. They limped into week 13 to their bye week. Now they've won six straight coming out of it. Their quarterback's been phenomenal. And this entire game came down to Todd Bowles and a phenomenal game plan. They played two-man under for most of it. They mixed in some of the cover three that they've been playing. Sean Murphy Bunning, who's been up and down, made some huge plays. Devin White was spectacular. That defensive line got enough pressure on Drew Brees. By the way, Michael Thomas, zero catches,
1: two Planting. drops.
3: Your little sweep thing from November 9th, you might as well have waited on that, bro, because you played three times and you damn sure didn't sweep anybody. Uh, there a Jameis Winston reverse pass, Carlton Davis blowing the coverage. Four guys going to Alvin Kamara away from getting their asses whooped. This Bucks defense beat the shit out of this New Orleans offense. They handed it to them. They were more physical. All I heard coming in was how they've gotten their asses whooped. they the Saints have been more physical. The Bucks needed to show up. They showed up and they ran it down their throat on offense with both guys. Brady Nate made enough plays. But this was about Todd Bowles and this defense finally showing back up to me. And it wasn't close, guys. It re- three picks, four turnovers, no turnovers on offense. They started a little slow. They got going, but they stayed with the game plan. I thought it was phenomenally coached on both ends. And the guys made enough freaking plays.
2: And Rojo and Len- Playoff Lenny, God bless you. Playoff, Lenny is, playoff like, Lenny is fun. Like rookie so Lenny. Fun. Yeah. And then
3: Rojo talking about Devin White looking like he was shot out of a cannon. A ninety percent Rojo with a quad, like in the second half, looked like he was in fast forward. Everybody else was playing a normal speed game, and it was a yeah. bullshit holding call in that long one. I mean, he was—they—but they, they ran it down their throats for one of the best run defenses in football. And they didn't start slow. I give Byron which a lot of credit for sticking with it. Coming out of the second half, they give up a long touchdown drive. They're down twenty to thirteen, and they went right back to running the football, which gave Tom a little more time in the play action. Tom Brady played just good enough made enough plays to win the game. But when you're talking about getting hit in the mouth, little brother found some brass knuckles, dropped their sack, and knocked big brother the hell out. That's what happened. Now they're standing over him going, eat this W what? Because this was the turning of the tide in this division, in my opinion. The Saints have owned it for a long time. Drew sure, Brees is on his way now. out. They're $200 yeah. million dollars over the cap. They're not going to look anything close to this next year. And in my opinion, this Bucks team's 20 to 30% better next year than they are right now barring injuries and whatever else, when you give Tom Brady and this offense an entire offseason to tweak and do all this little stuff that they wanted to do because his defense is young for the most part. They're going to oh, be yeah. bringing almost everybody <laughs> back. They're going to be better. But today was a monumental day in the history of the Buccaneers. They've been to the NFC Championship. I think this will be the fourth time. But guys, before last week, they'd only won six playoff games in the history of the franchise. Yeah, Tom Brady now has two. So a third of your freaking wins you ever had now a quarter of them belong to Tom Brady coming to town. And Oh, by the way, BA.
2: Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that BA part in the final thoughts. And don't think, don't you think I forgot about all of you on Twitter and national TV and everywhere else that like to open their mouths. Two things here, Jamie, one love playoff Lenny, right? He tells Rojo f that injury row you only get chances these off this off this often right like you don't get chances like these so he's there, like this whole dialogue of him in on the sideline yelling at rojo telling him like dude i don't care that you're injured get your ass out there you gotta play the quotes coming from trevor and all these guys post game are absolutely hilarious going back and forth on that and then i think the other thing is maybe a little swagger back for the secondary right that has just been getting worked right like they have had a rough time over the last couple of weeks and and really the back half of the season and I love I got Carlton Davis on Twitter quote tweeting a tweet about Michael Thomas saying oh slant boy right and I'm like we got the swagger back because if you're not talking in the secondary it's not a good sign because the best secondaries talk a lot of trash and I feel like they're going to come out of this with a lot of confidence Jamie
0: yeah, look the the irony of of Leonard Fournette telling someone to play through a soft tissue injury is not It's lost incredible. On <laughs> just just it's knowing incredible. the history of Leonard Lenny. Fournette,
3: this is playoff Lenny James. Playoff Lenny, <laughs> playoff Lenny is
0: different. So, but again, he's grown up too as a player, uh, yeah. a, a lot and a lot since his LSU days. I mean, so I got to give him credit for that. But it is kind of funny in that context. Uh, this is this was such a fascinating game because you know if, if you didn't have the, these or, kick, uh, kick or punt return coverage teams, this game doesn't even stay close. Like the Tampa's defense, to me, they won this game in the first quarter. And what I mean by that is they won, because they, this could have easily been 14-0 New Orleans in the first quarter, and all of a sudden you're scrambling, you're thinking about, we already got two losses to this team. We're all, and they didn't. They held steady, held them to two field goals, particularly the one where New Orleans starts on the 21. They basically start in the red zone, and you hold them. That set the tone for the rest of this game. Uh, Look, we talked about this on the against the spread show. It doesn't, those two games don't matter in the context of this game. The two teams that are playing matter. And right now there was no hotter quarterback and no hotter team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. They have been on fire since their bye week and the saints have been up But Jamie,
3: they played the Detroit lions and the Falcons twice and the Vikings. Oh, and the Washington football team. They're not any good. They're not really hot.
0: Well, it, it, but see, that's the thing. It's like, look, I've, I'll give you. There's a couple of these other teams, but I've been screaming it all year. The Washington football team is is one of the most difficult teams to play against in the NFL. I don't care what the record says, the way they're coached, the way that defense plays, they are a tough out. From, I don't care who the quarterback is, even like that is a tough out for anybody. And I've been saying that all year. The Bucks also, are hot
2: Atlanta the team that played Week 15 in Kansas City and was uh, dropped and an interception in the end zone yeah. by Patrick Mahomes, away from winning that game? Just so, okay. Just just in the so Minnesota Vikings clear. beat
3: the shit out of that Packers team in November yeah. by yeah, running it down just, their throats. Yeah,
2: just, just making, we're making, sure we're making their own making playoff run. Just,
3: just, yeah, just trying to just remember noting, some notes here.
2: Taking yeah, notes. it, it just
0: it, it's always fascinating to me because it's you got to watch it too in front of you. And by the way, that's a good lesson for I think uh, for Bucks fans for this coming week. Of, I think we're getting a one-score game in the NFC Championship game. I don't care. Yeah, don't, I don't think don't, this do, is like week not three talk or to week me. Whatever
3: that was. Yeah, yeah that, that don't talk to me about that
0: again. last Packers game. No. That ain't happening for anybody. For anybody involved. But to to me, like I looked at this game and I, I love the game plan. And uh, boy, if is there anybody having a more like tough luck last like few weeks than my boy Chris Godwin?
3: Like no, he is man. like
0: this close to like he having had more a, drops
3: than his entire career last week. And then he almost makes one of the most spectacular frigging catches you've ever and he seen can't hold tonight, through the
0: ground and he can't like do it's... it.
3: And he drops another one. That was another play a bunch of plays he normally makes. You can't but help but it... think that that's that freaking hand, but my God, you're right.
0: Oh, it, it's got, it's gotta be. But, uh, but to me, I, I think as we look, look through all the buck stuff, I think we need to be remiss. If we don't talk about the end of what we just saw, which was 100%. by all accounts, the last game that we're going to see from Jubrees in the NFL and, it, while it wasn't quite as pronounced as like Peyton Manning's last season, you could tell it's over. And if this game was a real true indication of he just doesn't have it anymore and he's trying and he's got it. He might have it upstairs, but his body's failing him. His arm is failing him. And I mean, you, there was, there was one where he, I think he completed one like Emmanuel Sanders, 20 yards downfield. That looked like it was, it looked like a punt almost the way the ball was fluttering through the air there. I mean, they're really, they, he only attempted one deep pass. Oh, they didn't. They had, the Saints only attempted one deep pass, and it was with Jameis Winston running the play that the Bears couldn't execute the week prior. I mean, so it's a double troll to page. Um <laughs> I didn't tweet at her because I, I, was, I wasn't I was sure if she was into some of like the mighty swells and I was just going to get I was like an 18 page <laughs> response back. And then I, I want to make I got, sure I still had a I, job I, on Monday morning, but.
2: I got, I got trolled about that. And then I hit them all with the Jameis eating the W as a reminder of, it's very cute that you celebrate you scoring your touchdown during the game, but sh- show me the final score. Right. I was like, uh, same, Cabo trip, just, same Cabo trip, same Cabo trip as the bears. Uh, Say la vie,
0: Saints enjoy. There was there was pretty funny there, but to me it has it, been it, it's been a hell of a career for Drew Brees, and I think it's so easy now to look back at what he's done and appreciate it. But remembering just all of the uncertainty that was around him in his last playoff game in San Diego hurts his shoulder. Last game in San Diego, where he hurts his shoulder. We don't know where he's going. He really has two suitors. It's the Miami Dolphins. It's the New Orleans Saints. The Dolphins want to run him through all of these testings. The Saints don't want to run him through as much. They trust. They kind of the lowly Saints blind had some blind faith that Drew Brees could be their guy, and they go on this magical run. And but there's also a side of me that goes, I can't believe this Saints squad only won one. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel, and there's going to be a lot maybe of maybe the most these teams overachieving
3: career, and maybe the most underachieving at the same time, which is a crazy thing to say.
0: And this one, they can't blame on Tom Brady. Like you can like on a lot of teams, like a lot of players can blame Tom yeah. Brady for the reason why they don't have it. Uh, it's interesting. Cause like, we're looking at them as like, they've been these major contenders and they're always in it, but they, have these heartbreaking losses prior to this year, the, the Rams loss, the, the, the Minneapolis miracle loss, but there are a lot of times the down lost. the Vikings
3: put on them last year.
0: Yeah. But a lot of them just flat out just lost. Like yeah. they lined up their best and lost, even though they were on paper, the better team. And, it, it's just, it's this weird legacy of it. It's, it's an awesome redemption story. It was, you know, it was a tough decision, but you knew he was kind of coming to an end. They already drafted Philip River. I guess they already drafted Eli and traded Rivers, but you know what I mean. Uh, they already had him there and then gets hurt and says, all right, we're kicking you to the curb. We're going with the young guy. And it's been a hell of a run. Uh, definitely somebody you root for. And I, I, this is, I can't imagine this is not the end and it's been a hell of a career, but there's also, and obviously he's going to the hall of fame. There's no question about that, but there's still like a little, voice in the back of my head that goes, man, like I can't believe he only got one with that team. And by the way, we're trending to that direction with a guy in the Pacific Northwest at quarterback as well of like, damn, maybe they're only going to get one. And it's yeah. nothing wrong. they are a lot. they are great players. Ask Dan Marino. He would, he would give his left arm to have one for one. So there, there's no shame in having just one. I'm not trying to say that by any means, but this was a team and this was a quarterback and with a coach that was built to win multiple Super Bowls, and it just didn't quite manifest, despite the fact they were favorites or among the top two in the NFC for what feels like what ten
3: years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least.
2: Especially well, in that well division, said. especially in that division, right, where you're just like you're chalking up you're you're a divisional winner, you're getting a home game in the playoffs. A lot of time they were losing in the postseason, in the play, you know, like those are some of the things you'll probably look back on and, and obviously be disappointed. But I think. You know, right now I, the, my initial thing is I want to dunk on the saints. Right. And I did plenty of that on Twitter. Right. And it was all deserving and I will probably continue to do it for another 24 hours. And then I will get old, get through my petty stage, and I'll be able to look back and look back at Drew. And listen, before I had a vested interest in the Bucks, I loved this team. Like, I love Drew. I rooted for this team. But this is Bucks number one enemy, right? So I had to – this is, this has become a new – okay, I, I, I can't dial in. At least they deserve it now,
3: though.
2: Yeah. yeah that's, they were your exa- number one exactly. enemy because you were jealous <clears throat> as
3: hell of what they've been doing for the last decade. That's of now course. you've brought okay. some people to town that have earned the fact that it turned it into a rivalry, at a close game, and now they can be your number one enemy because you actually of did course. something about it.
2: Because you actually did something about it. But I think when we, you know, when we look back on Drew's career, obviously, and and more so, you know, the time frame of Katrina and everything that happened in that city, and what he, what that Super Bowl meant, and what you know he meant to that city, and what he and his wife and family have done for the city of New Orleans for you know a decade plus like i would be remiss if i didn't mention that just it, when it comes to football right there's the legacy of winning a super bowl but it, when it comes to being bigger than football him and the the legacy that he leaves for the city of new orleans is so incredible uh because in one of the most trying moments that that city has ever had he was the light at the end of the tunnel for this city right and i think that that is to, yes, he didn't get the Super Bowls maybe that he could have, but I think he has won, and he has the ultimate, like, I am this, you know, godlike figure in this city and will be forever, forever Absolutely. in New Orleans. Absolutely.
0: Oh, yes. And deservedly so. And I think just, and we as we try to put this in more context, maybe for fans that maybe only been watching for 10 or 15 years that are listening to the show, just the fact that the Saints have been perennial Super Bowl contenders, for this long is an unfathomable accomplishment given where they were 20 years ago. Like hey, it's, just, look, it's I, unfathomable.
3: I, I spent a year rooting my ass off for the Saints. You guys know I'm a love Sean Payton and Drew Brees together and have for a long time. Got a ton of respect for both of them. And Drew Brees is the absolute epitome perfection of what I say all the time the quarterback positions played between your ears, not between the lines. It's still going to be like that. When we're evaluating these guys coming out this year, I want to see the ones on the board that are doing it all like Drew did. His body left him like Peyton's did, like you said. But 1996, my dad was in his organization. I was going into my freshman year of college, spent a ton of time there in the summer before I reported camp. I remember the Saints you're talking about, Jamie. And this was the Browns with the freaking bags on their head and the Detroit mm-hmm. Lions. Drew Brees is Batman with the light that's been shining for the last 15 years and will be forever. What he's accomplished there, you went from the Aints to the freaking Saints that you don't want to play because of Sean Peyton and Drew Brees. And it was – a hell of a run if he's not done he's going to be done soon by all accounts he is but man look this career was one of the the first undersized never had a big arm had a massive shoulder injury to that not big arm and he just played the freaking position the way that it's always meant to be played and he did it with pure class and i echo all of the sentiments you guys said
2: yeah he uh one of the easiest dudes to root for as we said did so much for 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 football did so much for the position right as a guy who was short and was counted out and was underdog in, in so many ways. Right. I think, you know, changing that aspect of evaluation and what the expectation was for what a prototypical quarterback looked like. I think a lot of that matters as well when we talk about his legacy. Um, but I think, you know, the football stuff's amazing. The stuff he did for that city far outweighs the the winning that he did in that city. So I, I know that he will forever be beloved and will never pay for a single thing in the city of New Orleans or the state of Louisiana for the rest of his life. Look, and Archie Manning ain't been sure. paying
3: for nothing for 40 years, <laughs> and he didn't do a hundredth of what Drew Brees no. did for the city of New Orleans.
2: Trust me, that was my first it, my first uh, experience in New Orleans and realizing, wow, they really, are. why does Archie Manning get so much love? And then I'm sitting there going, dear God, what's this going to be like for Drew? <laughs> He's never yeah. going to pay. Yeah, for for the rest of eternity, it's, that is for sure. And it's gonna
0: be weird seeing somebody else operating that offense because oh, we don't know who yeah. it's gonna be. Like it could be Taysom Hill. It seems like he's the front runner, but james is a free agent. I don't know if he's coming back unless I mean he's not coming back for the minimum, I don't think, unless you're gonna promise him the starting job. Uh no you chance. don't have you have all these cat problems. Like I'm trying to remember who was the last starting quarterback before. Is it Aaron Brooks? Like who who did Drew Brees yeah. take over? I mean, it's been yeah. so think, long. Yeah. Uh, it's Thanks. it's going to be strange, and and they're in a weird spot. And and maybe this is a tangent for another show, but I wonder how long does Sean Payton does he want to be around there? Is this the time where maybe you're able to trade in the next couple of years? Sean Payton, try to keep replenishing with young, cheap assets because you're not competing in 2021. You just, you just, you're not not without Drew Brees, and not with this cap situation. Even with Drew Brees, like I think the Bucks, again, health permitting, always you know astirging everywhere. Right. Bucks go win this division by four or five games next year. Like, I don't know if there's another team with a winning record in the I don't think there's another team in the NFC South with a winning record besides Tampa.
2: I agree. As it sits right now, as it sits right now. Yes, Chris enter the chat. So Jamie
1: asks a question and as the producer, I go and find the answer. Aaron Brooks was the starter before Drew Brees in 2005 Mm. when he played 13 games, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for 1998 in which Kerry Collins started seven games. Not really that notable. Jim Everett still there. Uh, no, Jim Everett was in 96, but thank you for, the, for going down memory lane with me here. You're welcome, my brother. Uh, more importantly, the fact that in 1998, the New Orleans Saints had two different starting quarterbacks that went by Billy Joe. They had Billy Joe Tolliver and then Billy Joe Holbert. <sighs> I, you can't make this stuff up. Like, you can't make, I, I, I go to find Aaron the Brooks Billy and, Joe and I get two Billy Joes who, play, who started games for the New Orleans Saints. Billy Joe Tolliver cannon, by the way. Absolute oh, God. Started seven games in 99. If like there 90. was, Johnny if, Lee Higgins for the Raiders. If there was ever back, the a name
2: that embodied the South and Louisiana as a starting quarterback, Billy Joe, Billy Joe in Louisiana, my word. That's such a all great name is- too. It's so but not just good. one. For NFL two films. Th- two different guys. Insane. Two different guys who
1: were Billy Joe started a game in 1998 for the New Orleans Saints. By the way, uh, Danny Werfel started the other four games that year. In case you're
2: curious. God bless that place. That is absolutely appreciate
1: incredible. Like we said, what you've had with Drew. Brees <laughs> so like we
0: said,
2: yeah, it's it, been a
0: struggle.
3: Appreciate uh, what you've had.
2: Exactly. Appreciate what you've had, and then if you don't appreciate what you've had, I have it. I have a great thing for you to do. Go to Wikipedia.com and look at what the Chicago Bears have had at starting quarterback for the history of the franchise. Right? right. If you ever, if you're ever feeling bad for yourself, just go look. Go look for the entire history. Billy Joe
3: Tolliver be like third in all-time passing list for the Chicago no, I'm Bears. Just you,
2: I'm just telling you. Just go look, and trust me, you will fancy yourself the luckiest person alive after you read that list. I, I totally. You that will happen 100%. All right, final thoughts. for
1: 10,000 yards.
2: Billy Joe Tolliver threw for 10,000 yards. That's what I'm saying. He'd be he would be on the top of the Bears list. Yeah, he'd be top eight. You think we're joking? But we're not. And we're I
3: think not. He might be we top we, six. That list we we went go, over go. that
2: night. I think he top six. Yeah, but where's I mean,
3: Hanky Poo? Where are you at, babe? Yeah, oh Hank. my
2: God! It's I was gonna say, Chris. I need to know. You need to pull that up while we're in the middle of final thoughts. Jamie, I'm going to let you go first. Final thoughts on today's pod.
0: I just want to echo the sentiment I brought up earlier in the show. I don't think there's a better final four in the NFL than the matchups that we're about to get. Uh, You just want to talk about narratives for a second. And, yes, you have the very easy, the old guard in the NFC versus the new blood in the AFC. But to me, like I look at Tampa Bay and I look at Green Bay, and you start to talk about the narratives around some of these guys. You talk about where we saw Aaron Rodgers Only a few months ago. Not that anybody doubted his talent, but all we could talk about was the Packers didn't do enough in the draft or free agency. The Packers weren't able to bring them back. And by the way, I don't think just because they get here, that excuses all that. I know I've seen that narrative going around, but I think it's important to realize what he has overcome. This has been a team that was, we thought, rightfully so, probably had a record better last year than their actual talent level. This year they came out and they played an extremely high level all year long and Rodgers went on the ultimate FU tour and just – just been torching teams a few, what, two months ago, people were talking about, Oh, t- Tom Brady's washed. Uh, Bruce Arians doesn't know how to use him. Like they, they, they don't have this connection. Like he just, he's just not going to fit in Bruce Arians, offense and Arians doesn't know how to coach Tom Brady. And this is going to be a disaster. And now look at the NFC championship game with the two teams, in the NFC playing at the absolute highest level possible coming in here. Neither one of these teams backed into anything. And and I th- I love that I don't want this is not a team hanging on, these are two teams that have been playing at their peak recently and are going up against each other's two Clydesdales for a chance at the Super Bowl, for two quarterbacks that just want to add to their ring totals. On the AFC side, I am fascinated by this matchup, and I hope Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to play because you have two quarterbacks that are going to be – we expect to be near the top, if not the very top of the league for the next 10 years. You have a guy that we already know is going to be there in Patrick Mahomes, already proven that he is a superstar in every sense of the word. Then you have another player that has come through uh, just – the talent difference and the difference in what we've seen from him year over year is unlike any player I can imagine like the jump that Josh Allen has made from, from year over year and more importantly from two years ago to now is just – it's almost unfathomable. It, it, it's almost not believable if you didn't watch it with your own eyes. I think this is, has a good chance to be this half-decade's version of Colt Patriots. I think that's what this could be. If everybody stays healthy and these teams are both well-positioned, they're not in cap trouble – they have their they have capital in the draft. Like this is not a team that's mortgaged their futures for anything. These are two teams of two young stud quarterbacks coached extremely well that has pieces that can continue to get better over the next few years. I think this is going to be part one of what could be an epic playoff rivalry in the AFC for years to come. And I just can't wait for these two games. I just hope uh, Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to play in this game because I feel like it would be – we'd be robbed a little bit if we don't get to watch Mahomes now and Allen go head-to-head in the night game on championship weekend.
2: No, not a little bit, a lot of it, if that doesn't yep. happen. I'm I'm hopeful that we get in and totally agree. Chris, did you find the Chicago Bears numbers for me so we can, uh, you know, lay this on me thick so I can just be, you know, more upset about the inevitable shit that I'm in for for the rest of my lifetime as a Chicago Bears fan? Billy Joe
1: Tolliver's career yards of 10,760 would put him fifth all time on the <laughs> Chicago you, Bears I list. I told you it was top Only five. Only about 500 yards short of passing Jim McMahon. Just to put this Lord. in context. Oh, dear God. That's, that hurt. That hurt. That, Paige, that uh, hurt. Yeah, Paige, sport, I'm I sorry. I, you asked.
2: I'm sorry that I had to deliver I told that told to you. But
1: yeah, that's brutal.
2: Ryan Pace, you can totally redeem yourself. Okay? You can totally redeem yourself by trading away every pick that you're allowed to trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't care how many of them there are. Just all of them. To to free Deshaun. I know it's not going to happen, but I'm putting it out into the universe so that hopefully I can at least somewhat pretend like there is an opportunity for this to happen. Yes, Chris.
1: Paige, you could have just used the pick that you had that year on him and you would have saved yourself all this Uh, draft capital.
2: You know I can mute your mic, right? And it You better go back into your quiet space over there before I lose my mind. All right. Jake is going to go last because he's got lots of thoughts. But I would like to read to you guys for my final thoughts. I would like to read to you guys some headlines. Okay. Now, these headlines are from multiple outlets, of which I will read. They all come from the uh, time of which was only about six weeks ago. Okay. About six, seven weeks ago, the end of November. Not ago, okay. Let's revisit these from joebucksfan.com. Bruce Arians' offense stinks. From CBSSports.com, Bruce Arians' critiques of Tom Brady are not going unnoticed. From FoxSports.com, why Bruce Arians is a terrible coach for Tom Brady. May I go on? The list goes on for quite some time. These are all from November 29th. If January 17th checks the tape, Bruce Arians is in the NFC championship game and your girl is here to remind all of you that you're all stupid. Every single one of you is an idiot. You're all morons. If you think that Bruce Arians, and this has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he's like pseudo uncle. If you think that Bruce does not know how to call co- coach offense, something is legitimately wrong between your head. You, you like, I don't even know how to put that in context more clearly than how I just said it. So I, I you put your ass I went and found all these damn headlines. And guess what? There's some of you that I actually respect that wrote some of this stuff, right? ESPN.com, CBS Sports, Fox. Did you, I just, I hope you sit down and realize, like, maybe logically you would think to yourself that, you know, not having a preseason, not having a training camp, going into a new offense for the first time in 20 years. Maybe you guys would have thought to yourselves, you know what? take a little time to get going the team won 11 and five they're now in the nfc championship game and not too long ago you were writing about how this offense stinks and there are some other ones in here that are a little bit more ridiculous that i'm not going to get into on this episode because you better believe i'm going to bring this back up okay this is not the last time you're going to hear it from me but this is this is a this is to show the amount of overreaction that happens on a week to week basis in the nfl because this is Bruce's is one example. There are many examples of everybody freaking out when this team was in a winning position the entirety of this year. So, Bucks fans, I hope you take a chill pill because I know a lot of you read joebucksfan.com. Okay. I know many of you read that website. So, I hope you guys have all taken a collective deep breath and realized that the Tom Brady experiment did, in fact, work out. You guys are playing in the NFC championship game. And you just retired Drew Brees. Is there anything more that you could possibly want? I, I, I have nothing more to say. I'm going to drop my mic and walk away. Because that's I, it's, I, I looked at it, you guys, but you knew I had it prepared. I've been saving a lot of receipts, including ones from Bucks fans. So I had to, I had to revisit this conversation. So on that note, Jake, it's all yours. I took that big piece for you because I knew you, I knew you had your own version of it. But go ahead, the, the floor is yours.
3: I was calm until you went down that path. And I didn't really know that I was going to run with this the way that I thought I was going to. But if you're wondering about BA coaching offense, all he does is give you a top five offense every year. Seven years as a head coach for the Buccaneers and the Cardinals. By the way, just averages 10 wins a year. Second time in the NFC Championship game. Did it again five years ago. This time his quarterback's healthy. We'll see how it goes. But uh, for all of you lazy, interred turd people in the mainstream media, that needs your bullshit, dumbass f***ing producers to give you a storyline, f*** you, Rob Ninkovich, f-ing you, Dan Orlovsky, f*** you, Terry Bradshaw, f*** you, Colin Cowherd, who B.A. is getting fired replaced by McDaniels, and f*** you, all the other jackasses that I can't think of right now because you're more worried about clickbait than doing your goddamn job and sounding like a decent person on the media that fans, by the way, listen to. ESPN's f***ing broke. So what do they do? Talk shit about Tom Brady NBA all the time because they're in New England and they're going to move the freaking needle and people will actually pay attention to their sorry ass programming. But if you freaking narrative people, the producers behind the scenes actually did your jobs and we got to critique you and fire your ass for not winning enough games. That's what we should be doing. We should be keeping all the receipts and writing this shit down that you get paid to talk about this and put this stuff on the air. Let's talk about how good you are at your job. Let's fire your f***ing ass and replace you with somebody else. Oh, by the way, ESPN can't do that. They got to they have Marcus Spears and Dan Orlovsky on eight times a week or Rob Ninkovich because they can't afford anybody decent. Let's talk about how good you are at your job picking games. I guarantee it ain't what Jamie and I put up this year.
2: Speaking
3: Chris, you had a lot of freaking editing to do there, brother. I love you. I hope you leave some <laughs> of the emphasis of the and the you at the end of it because there's probably 15 I'm forgetting. But I've been sitting on this for a while with this bullshit narrative of, oh, there's friction or BA's taking money and going to the lake and getting replaced by Josh McDaniels and whatever else people want to listen to to move the needle. Come on with that bullshit. I know we're all fighting for clicks and it is what it is. But what happened to journalism? Speaking something that's actually the truth or having a freaking source, not just being an asshole to be an asshole so more people listen to your dumbasses. Thank you.
2: Uh, just out of curiosity, guys, he's Josh McDaniels? Cause he's interviewing incredible. in Pittsburgh,
3: in in Philadelphia. In,
2: uh, yeah, interviewing right. for the Eagles
0: job that he won't take.
2: It's interesting. It's it's interesting. I thought this time of the year he'd be uh, in Tampa at the facility. That's that's what I was led to believe at the end of November, yeah, because that's think. what Tom wanted what? apparently.
0: Maybe if he just had two hundred fifty thousand more dollars.
2: Maybe. On a put, listen, you all deserve that. You did every single person that listened, you deserved it. You deserved it because the reality is Jamie and I both went to journalism college, right? We both went to journalism school. Jake has a different perspective because he's a coach's son and he deals with it from a totally different lens. And I have started to understand that by talking and building relationships with athletes and coaches. You're talking about human beings, okay? So every time you get on the the air and you act like an asshole, because that's the proper word to say it, right? You act like an asshole. And you speak out of your ass because you don't actually have a source. You didn't talk to Tom Brady. You didn't talk to Bruce Arians. You didn't talk to Byron Lefwich. And you sure as hell didn't talk to any of the offensive members of that team. Because I can assure you, if you did, you would have heard the exact opposite. Because anytime you talk to anybody on this team all year long, Mike Evans, guys that have been there, they knew what it was like before, and they know what it's like now. Go talk to Mike Evans. Go talk to Mike Evans. See if he, he and Jameis Winston were very close. See if he misses playing with Jameis. I guarantee you he does not. He's playing in an NFC championship game this year and, and played in a postseason game for the first time ever. Won two games, caught a touchdown, tonight in that game was a huge moment for him. Love that for him, right? You're watching this. I just, you know, it's, it's worth repeating to go back and look at some of this stuff because as Jake said, there are no receipts, the producers, the people on the air, nobody calls you out. You get to say whatever you want and nobody comes back for you. That's why as not to get sappy with my dudes. Cause I love, I love poking fun at Jake and Jamie. Okay. I love that's a That's a national pastime for me. Okay. But, but these two, they put themselves out there all the time by doing all the picks. And they tell you what they're doing. They don't, they don't hide away from it. They put the numbers right in front of you. This is what we've done. This is what we're doing. This is what we did last year. This is what we did the year before. So they're not hiding away from it. They're telling you exactly what they've done. So I think that's the difference to give, to give some love to my guys. To end this on a positive note, right? What, what stupid-ass thing you got to say now, Chris? You're going to come in and piss me off. Well, no, that's stupid. We're having okay, a boy. roast of both
1: that's of these what I'm guys Speaking on Wednesday. Speaking of receipts, like we're like on this show, oh, just say- we are going to poke fun at all of the stupid yes. things that are said because we so- are yes. up to the things stupid things we say, and that's what we're doing on Wednesday. This- and Jake, don't worry, I didn't forget about you. You're making an appearance in the roast on Wednesday. Hell yeah, as well. I am.
0: And Chris has been teasing this like one thing that I don't even remember what I said. I said something about Shabal. Adam. And I still have no idea what I said.
1: This is the worst take I've ever heard. It is it is brutally what? bad. Ooh, I don't know. I mean the worst thing you've there, ever brother, heard that, hold on there. The worst take I've I ever saying, heard. worst
0: thing you've ever heard that didn't come out of your mouth? Because like, it's a whole different oh, yeah,
1: thing. I go worse <laughs> t- worse takes than this. But for <laughs> you to say this so unequivocally, it, it's gonna it's it's bad. It is I, I'm bad fascinated
0: now.
2: I I have I actually Wednesday,
0: everybody. I forgot we
2: yeah, were doing that. Yes, Wednesday, everybody. Wednesday show. I have absolutely no idea what Chris is talking about with this Jamal Adams thing. So I'm really excited for this. I have no idea, but to, to that point, we'll put a bow on this conversation. Accountability matters. It matters across the board for everybody or should, right? And I love that we're always accountable for everything that we say, because we should be, we should tell you guys, Hey, we messed up on this, but when we say something, it's because we're talking from a place of, knowledge. It's not from, I, I stand by everything I say. I know the two of you feel the exact same way. It's, it's not, I'm not trying to manufacture storylines. And I'm honestly quite embarrassed by the place that we've gotten to as a collective media with what we put out on a day-to-day basis. There is plenty of good, there is plenty of good shit to put out there. There is plenty of good stories to tell. There is plenty of meat on the bone and you don't have to do that. So hopefully people get smarter and just stop clicking on it. Like you don't 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 give it a retweet don't quote tweet it when you're pissed off just let it lie because the more you the more visibility you give to it the more it continues to happen all right guys let's end this with telling everybody how they can follow us and inevitably uh you know tell all of us that uh, that are upset with us dunking on uh insert whatever we dunked on in this episode jamie how can everybody follow you follow me at jamie eisner on twitter and jake
3: Oh, and if you have anything to say, please—I'm going to say this twice. Jake B Arians on Twitter—that's Jake B, like Bruce Arians on the Twitter. Okay? Please hit me up with anything you got to say. And if you're a Bucks fan that still wants John Gruden or don't appreciate the coaching staff oh, that you Christ. have, move your ass to Jacksonville and go wear some freaking teal and root for Burmeyer.
2: Um, it, it's it's blocking season, guys. I'm just telling you no, right no, now, I ain't blocking bl- I'm, I'm I ain't blocking nobody. Well, I'm blocking. I'm
3: blocking everybody. I bring it on. You want me now? I've been quiet as hell for freaking 13 weeks, biting my damn tongue with this shit. Bring it. I ain't muting anybody.
2: Don't cold sober. Y'all better watch out. Uh, Jake Behrens, again, one more time. Uh, yes. I'm, on, I'm in blocking season. So anything you say that's stupid, I'm either muting you, so continue to yell at the wall, or I'm just not going to see you because you're dumb. So you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I. I'll both Twitter and Instagram and engage nicely. And if you have any great names for Mighty Swell Cocktails, okay, the Browns fans, I f- I'm sorry, Browns fans, they came up with some epic names. They really wanted me to make a Browns drink for next week. I feel bad that we didn't get to get to make that happen. But Buffalo, we're definitely doing the big red for Andy Reid. That's already a lock. We already got that one. But Bucks fans, I need you guys to tell me, you know, there is no chance in hell I'm making a Green Bay drink. Don't even ask. It's not happening, okay? So I need a Buccaneers one or a Buffalo one. Those are the only two options here. I already got the big red for Andy Reid. Shoe, tell everybody how they can follow you because inevitably you're going to have to answer for some of this shit that we said. So yeah, go ahead.
1: More than likely as a producer of the show, that responsibility falls on me. So at Shoe Radio on Twitter.
2: At <laughs> Radio on Twitter. Please follow the show at TDN Fantasy on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a review. Uh, especially after this episode, I can only imagine what what type of review you're going to have to leave us, but feel free, please do. Uh, and be back on Wednesday for the roast of both Jake and Jamie. It's sure to be a great episode.